Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 313th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, The Falcons Laid a Foundation for a Turnaround in the 7-10 Season. The Falcons went down 30-20 to today at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium to the New Orleans Saints in a divisional battle that left them in third place for the season. The Falcons will now go into the offseason with a lot of issues to address. But here's Coach Arthur Smith's First thoughts on the loss and the three turnovers that led to the Saints' victory. Yeah, that's usually the story of the game. They let, uh, obviously, that was disappointing. I turned the ball over three times. All of them were at the start of a drive. Uh, put the defense out there. A lot of bad spots. You know, we battled. But uh, usually when the turnover margin is like that, and uh, you, you know, kind of hand them, hand them things, that's usually the way it goes. But we fought, tried to get everything we could to get back in this football game. Our team doesn't quit, but uh, obviously we came up short. Outside of the three turnovers, one interception by Matt Ryan and two fumbles by Mike Davis, the defense struggled to stop the run. The Saints rolled up nearly 200 yards with Alvin Kamara rushing for a career-high 146 yards. Here's what Grady Jarrett had to say on what happened. I mean, um, it was tough for the whole team today, you know. Uh, Like you say, ran the ball, you know, got the ball. We got the ball in some short fields and – um, you know, things was a little leaky, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there, there was some good plays out there, some good effort. Guys was fighting hard, so I'm proud about that. And, uh, you know, not the finish that we wanted, and, uh, you know, got to build off of, you know, what we did. Well, all right, that's what uh, Grady Jarrett had to say about the defense today. Tough one. Certainly had some short fields out there. And uh, Saints built up a 24-6 to halftime lead and held on for the victory. It was 30-20. to the Falcons offense finished with 257 total net yards on 48 plays. Not enough plays, uh, Coach Arthur Smith pointed out. The offense also converted of, on two or three attempts on fourth downs, while the defense stopped the Saints on its only fourth down attempt. Uh, today, Thomas Morstad served as the sixth captain, the former New Orleans Saints. I also asked Coach Smith and what he had to say to the team now that the season is over. There will be a time and place for that, you know, starting tomorrow. My um, message to these guys, I was appreciative of everything they've done. Obviously, we came up short of our own goals here. Um, but this team, you know, we learned how to win close games. We went 7-2 and two in one-possession games. Um, we scrapped and clawed. Definitely feel like we got a good foundation and the better days are ahead. Well, Matt Ryan doesn't think the team is too far off. I think we were about two two or three games away, you know, and uh, there were some games that, you know, if you just look at it objectively, that's probably what we needed to do, win nine or ten games and uh, give you the opportunity to get in. And so every season's different. You know, there's no crystal ball for us, 
you know, moving forward, but we're not far off, uh, really, you know, and um, finding ways to win a few games early in the year, too, you know, where we had chances. Uh, I think that's going to be important and getting off to a good start. All those things are, are important. They all count one, you know, and, and sometimes they sting a little bit more at the end of the year uh, when the picture's kind of unraveled itself to you. Uh, but I've learned, you know, that those ones in the beginning of the year are just as important. And so, um, you know, we're not far off. Yeah, and I tweeted that out. I said, Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan said, we're not far off. Two or three games away. And then my buddy Calvin Watkins, who covers the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News, says, away from what? <laughs> and I was like, hey, returning to the playoffs. You heard him. Two or three games go the other way, they're in the playoffs. That's what Matt Ryan is saying, and that's what uh, he said in the quote there. So let's go to uh, our player notes from the game. Uh, you know, I have been writing about Matt Ryan not passing for 300 yards in the last uh, eight games since the last Saints game. Didn't get over that today. He needed 248 yards to to have his 11 straight 4,000 yard season, but uh, he didn't. He didn't get it, and uh, you know, a lot of that had to do with the line and uh, not getting a lot of plays, and then you know, not being able to protect for him, but. Um, you know, he completed 19 of 32 for 216, one touchdown, one interception, had a 77.3 rating. And we'll look at his numbers now. The, the season's in the books. It's not one of his best seasons. Uh, it was not one of his best offensive lines. Uh, didn't have a running game. And we know that uh, during his tenure here with the Falcons, when they block and Matt Ryan's got a rushing attack, they're going to the playoffs and even, you know, deep into the playoffs. And when, um, you know, they had everything going with some receivers and uh, great play calling, they went to the Super Bowl. But uh, the deficient offense uh, with your receivers, you lose your top two receivers, one via trade, the other via um, some, some mental health issues. And uh, now you're playing with the third, fourth, and fifth receivers. So, but not making any excuses. Those are just facts. That late touchdown gave Ryan a uh, 367th as he surpassed, uh, moved past Eli Manning into ninth place for the most touchdowns in NFL history. Became the fifth quarterback to pass for at least 20 touchdowns in 13 consecutive seasons in league history. Another highlight today was running back Quadri Allison had a 19-yard touchdown today, the longest touchdown run of his career. Russell Gage had a team-high nine receptions for 126 and a touchdown. Uh, he had uh, more than 100 yards receiving in the game for the second time this season and third time in his career. He played well down the stretch, and, and he's a free agent. Some team might... Um, you know, maybe overpay for Russell Gage, but he had a chance to step up and be the number one receiver uh, and, and really, you know, over the long haul, didn't do it. Had some moments, had some moments. It's probably a good number two or three receiver, but uh, good luck to Russell. He might, he wants to stay here, but we'll see if that happens. Alameda Zacchaeus had three catches for 47. In two games against the Saints, he's had six catches for 105 and two touchdowns. And on defense, Fourier Ulukan, who also said he wants to stay here but uh, could probably get uh, a big deal in free agency, he had a team-high 13 tackles 
It was his fourth consecutive game with at least 10 tackles. Olakon finished the season with 192. That's the most by any player in a season since 2000. And uh, Jared, uh, Jared Mayo and uh, Peter Patrick Willis are in that same company. I think 2000 and, and then 2010. A.J. Terrell had six tackles, one pass defense. He finished the 2021 season with 16 breakups, the most by Falcons since Robert Alford had 20 in 2017. Safety Sean Williams finished with a season-high 11 tackles and six assists. Tyquan Graham finished with a career-high four tackles, the uh, rookie defensive tackle from Texas, and one tackle for loss from a fifth-round pick out of Texas. Uh, Avery Williams returned a punt for 12 yards and three kickoffs for 85. Williams also had a special teams tackle. And, of course, Youngway Koo was two for two on his field goal attempts, hitting a 48-yarder and a 54-yarder. His 54-yard field goal was the longest of the season and matched his career-long the 54-yarder he hit in week 5 of 2020 and also matched the one in week 12 of 2020. So Young Way Koo's also a free agent. We talked to him last week, and, you know, everybody wants to come back, but it's all contingent on, you know, getting the best deal and the best offer for your team. Now, before the game, there's a, um, a tweet from ESPN's Chris Mortensen uh, talked, uh, discussing whether Matt Ryan was coming back. He was, hey, pump the brakes on the Matt Ryan and Steelers stuff because Coach Arthur Smith let it be known to to management, I believe was how it was worded, which is Arthur Blank and Terry Fontenot, that he wanted Matt Ryan back for 2020. Now, um, when this was brought to Coach's attention, here's what he had to say. I can tell you this. For 100% fact, there was a lot of nonsense that came out in the spring. Uh, you know, you know how you want to insinuate things. No different than the Calvin Ridley question from last week, saying that there's not a football decision that's made with the Atlanta Falcons without Terry Fontenot and myself collaborating. That's just absolute nonsense, Michael. Absolute 100% nonsense. It'll never happen. We, we don't. We don't. We don't. We're not a. Um, you know, we're not professional politicians. We don't, we don't operate that way. I know a lot of the league likes to, leaks, rumors. That's not how Terry and I operate. So I, I know there's a lot of respected people. they got a job to do, but that's just not what happens. Again, that's, uh, life's a lot better when you're, you're, you're not on social media. Yeah, and then Coach gave us some advice to uh, don't read the mentions in our social media, which, you know, uh, that might be some good advice. But uh, here's uh, Matt Ryan on whether he wants to be the quarterback in 2022 for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I want to be here. And, uh, you know, I believe in, in this team and uh, the coaching staff, I think, did a great job. You know, I, I really feel fortunate to have been here for as long as I have. And, um, you know, but I'm optimistic. I really am. And I, I want to be here and I uh, feel good about, you know, this group of guys, coaching staff, uh, everybody, you know, the direction it's going. And I really think we're going to, you know, make, make improvements this offseason and, and continue to grow as a team, be better than we were this year. All right, let's go to team stats here. And the big one, of course, was the rushing yards uh, that the Saints amassed against the Falcons. 
And, uh, you know, first downs, it was 22 to 13 on the first downs. Um, the Falcons were 3 of 10. The Saints were 8 of 16 on their conversions. Total yards 257 to 369. The Saints got off 71 plays. The Falcons only 48. And uh, 5.8 a carry. The Saints 5.2 uh, a play. Falcons 5.4 a play. And here's the lopsided one. We told you all on Wednesday, hey, they're going to run the ball. That's what they got to do. They, you know, they, Tyson Hill is the quarterback, and he got hurt, and Simeon came in, and they still ran the ball. And, and you know, coming off of the giving up 233 to Buffalo, the Saints were like, we're going to run the ball. They ran it at the left side of that, right at Stephen Means all day. Right at that's the left side of the defense. And Foyer couldn't get over there to help Dion. And when he did, uh, Kamara, he was just playing dodgeball with Foyer. If he can get away from Foyer, he can get get some yards. And he did it for most of the day for 146. So the um, Saints had 195 yards to 92. Passing yards, one net passing yards, 195 to 174. Penalties, no real big taunting penalty. Well, we did have a taunting in the end zone uh, with Tajay Sharp, but nothing that affected the game like last week up in Buffalo. Five for 46 for the Falcons, four for 40 for the Saints, who won but are not going to the playoffs because the San Francisco 49ers drove down the field in overtime and got a field goal. Then they sent their defense out there, and they got a pick of Matthew Stafford to uh, end the Saints' playoff hopes. Here's the other big stat. Three turnovers, no turnovers for the Saints. So the Saints finished 9-8, and eight, uh, didn't do a five-peat in the uh, NFC South, played with four quarterbacks this year, Jameis Winston, uh, Trevor Simeon, Tyson Hill, and Ian Bach and still somehow managed to win nine games without, you know, Drew Brees and without Michael Thomas. So, um, you know, they got, a, they got a foundation that they're working on too. So the Falcons, if they get better, they're going to be dealing with the Saints. And everybody's just hoping Tom Brady gets old at some point. The uh, touchdowns, one for the Falcons, two for the Saints. Field goes two for two for the Falcons, three for four for the Saints. In a time possession battle that was lopsided. 39 minutes and 17 seconds for the Saints. And 20 minutes and 43 seconds for the Falcons. So your team stats, we, we said on Wednesday, we told y'all, hey, look at these stats. We broke them down. Tell the tape. We said, hey, they're going to run the ball. They might even get in a wishbone. But they sure came in here <laughs> and uh, ran the ball uh, on the Falcons coming out of what happened up in Buffalo. So we got some other decisions that the uh, Falcons got to make. And we got a um, story that's going to pop online in the morning at uh, 6 o'clock. It's called it's, uh, 10 Storylines for the Falcons offseason. Of course, you know, we deal with Matt Ryan first, then Calvin Ridley. And then one of the other items is, um, hey, what are they going to do in free agency? They got 29 players under contract. They got 28 free agents. Okay, they're not signing all of them back. So, but the ones I know that they want, the priority free agents are Corderell Patterson, Fourier Ulicon, and Youngway Koo. Uh, they might not be able to meet the market uh, value of Russell Gage. 
So they might be starting all over at wide receiver. But here we go with some of those other decisions. The Falcons do have some key players that are free agents now, including Corderell Patterson and the other is Fourier Ulicom. Those are number one and number two priorities. Who is number three? Here's what Fourier had to say about being a free agent. I don't really know how free agency works in other people's minds, but I don't want to just go where they offer me money and I'm not going to be successful in the scheme. I want to go to where I'm going to have, be successful and then we can uh, end up winning games. So um, at the end of the day, I'm still a football player and a competitor. And then, you know, hopefully people respect me on that level to where I get the money to where uh, uh, I'm playing in the right scheme and stuff. Well, that's Fourier Ulicon. He took over at middle linebacker in the 3-4. Uh, Deion Jones didn't look that good in this defense, um, you know, where, whereas in Coach Quinn's defense, his uh, size wasn't a factor. He could run and hit. And this defense playing on the edge, you saw him miss a tackle early in the first drive today. And, um, you know, that's just been a problem for him this season. So we'll see if Deion, he's got a big contract, if he's back, or if they can uh, figure out how to use him better. In this defense, uh, they got Michael Walker. Uh, maybe he can beat them out. But, yeah, they got some issues that, you know, they're going to be looking for money, and Dion's one of the higher contracts. So far as player stats go, we hit on the key ones uh, for passing Matt Ryan, running. You know, Allison had the big run. Davis had the two fumbles. They didn't run Patterson a lot, four attempts for 11. And Coach Smith said after the game, hey, it's the last game of the year. Uh, everybody's dealing with something, kind of alluding to maybe Patterson was hurt a little bit or nicked up. He didn't. He wasn't on the injury report, but he uh, he definitely was not getting a lot of carries today. And then Gage and uh, Zacchaeus, another free agent, Hayden Hurst had one reception for 33 yards, and um, you know he he thinks you know they didn't pick up his fifth year option. That's a telltale that uh, he's not coming back, or they don't think they can afford him. Uh, but his market value was, you know, uh, he didn't do much to help his market value during the season while everything was being tilted toward Kyle Pitts, who finished with two catches for eight yards. Uh, Coach Smith said, hey, um, I was just happy he went out there and played. He gutted it out. He tried to play through the hamstring. Came up about 50 yards short of Mike Dicka's receiving yards record, which, you know, Mike Dicka set in 14 games. Uh, Keith Smith had a catch, and then uh, uh, Patterson had one catch for one yard. Um, defense, we did the highlights on the tackles there. Let's just go down the list on the back end. Uh, Monroe had five tackles. We had a couple penalties today. Uh, Ade Agundajay had five. He left, and I think he made it back in. You got Graham. Steven Means went four. He should have had more tackles. They were running right at him. Uh, Deron Harmon had four. And uh, Darren Hall had a nice open field tackle there for the uh, Falcons defenders. And uh, punting-wise, just to wrap up um, stats, Tom Marstad, who was the captain today, had two. For 93, a 46.5 average, uh, and put one down inside of the 20-yard line. So with that, we're going to um, toss it over to Jay Black, who's going to help us with the mailbag today. Yeah, d -Led got a full mailbag uh, here as we wrap up the regular season. The first question from James White. Was CP hurt, and why not go back to Allison after he scored the touchdown? 
Yeah, CP was hurt. Coach alluded to it. He wasn't on the injury report, but he said, hey, uh, this time of the year, people are dealing with things. So that's code for, yeah, he was hurt. And Allison, uh, I don't know why they uh, – I think I know why because uh, we saw why uh, on one of the pass blocking situations that, uh, you know, uh, Cam Jordan just spun away from him and got to Matt Ryan. He doesn't play as much as he should be because he's not a good pass protector. And uh, that's been the case uh, over two regimes now. So they can't really trust him in pass protection. But, you know, when he's in the game and, and he's running the ball, he's doing pretty good. So he's got to get better at uh, blocking. I've got two here from AJ. How can Sean Payton trot out quarterbacks I've never heard of that seem to play better than our veteran quarterback in our home stadium and I like Matty Ice, but what's going on with the turnovers? Yeah, the one pass, he, uh, uh, he's he got nothing to do with Mike Davis's uh, fumbles. You, you know, they said uh, Mike Davis left the game with, with ribs, uh, with ribs in, with a rib injury. Uh, he got the ball punched out from behind on, uh, on one, on the Quan Alexander one, and on the other one just got slammed by Malcolm Jenkins and, you know, got to take care of the ball. Uh, and on you know, Matt Ryan's, he tried to go down the field. He thought he had Russell Gage and didn't get enough air under it or or, or get the ball further out enough out to him. And he took uh, took the blame for that interception. It was his 12th of the season. From Brady Fields, what's wrong with this offense? Why can't they generate anything? And why is Matt Ryan underthrowing his receivers? Well, they can't generate anything because they can't block. Um, and Matt Ryan's underthrown his receivers because he can't step into his throws. And uh, Thomas Dimitrov told me a long time ago that, hey, Matt has to have a firm interior of his pocket so he can step into his throws. And when they had a firm interior of the pocket, they went to the playoffs. When they did not, starting to, uh, with Peter Collins and Lamar Holmes draft, they didn't have it. Uh, they didn't go to playoffs. They reaffirmed the middle, got Alex Mack, and put uh, the guards next to him, got Andy Levitre, went back to the playoffs, went to the Super Bowl. The, uh, they got Lindstrom, Mack is gone. You, uh, you got, you know, Mayfield and Hennessy. You know, maybe they're going to be okay, but they're not there yet. And so when Matt Ryan's, the interior of his pocket is firm, he gets the ball to where it needs to be. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, from Tim for real, did Fowler get his half a sack? No, he did not. Oh, I need to check the stats officially, but I didn't see I didn't see him get a sack. They had zero sacks and zero quarterback hits. So <laughs> the quarterbacks were clean. Uh, man. Yeah, so, you know, that's a, that's a telltale right there. I think it was 16 or 17 sacks on the season, last in the league. Got to get a pass rush. Uh, nothing new here in Atlanta. That cost Fowler some money, didn't it? Yeah, he if he'd got five, he would have had a million. And then the, uh, the incentives hit at uh, seven, nine, and 11. Uh, he could have picked up, you know, a couple million along the way uh, if he got to 11.5 sacks. This is from Dean as we start to shift to the offseason now. What are – your three boldest predictions this offseason? Well, I got 10 of them in the paper tomorrow. <laughs> um, so, uh, in the first, well, they're not really predictions. They're just storylines. I don't really have any 
Uh, I don't really. I, well, I guess the bonus would be they got to get rid of Caleb McGarry. <laughs> They'll have a new right tackle next year. There's a bold prediction. All right. Uh, and uh, there's here's another bold prediction. They'll have a new uh, group of outside linebackers. There we go. And um, and they're going to resign Cordell Patterson. There we go. Three good ones. All right. Here's from Larry. Uh, will the emphasis be on the O line or D line in the draft, and which one? Will they potentially try to fix via free agency? Well, they don't have any money, so I'm not counting on them fixing anything in free agency. You're going to probably see a little bit more like last year uh, where they, um, you know, got some, some quality veterans on the low low. Um, so, yeah, free agency is not something that they're going to be able to do. They got a lot, little bit of room. They can make some room for some mid-level free agents. Uh but um, I, my philosophy is that they're going to take the biggest, baddest person in the draft in the first, second, and third rounds uh, and just really focus on winning the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They got to put somebody next to Grady. Uh, that's what Dean Pete told us, that, you know, he's getting triple and double team. And, you know, you're not getting any pressure from the outside. And, um, you know, Sean Payton just lined it up and ran it right out their defensive end. Who you know, he did you know as most Steven has played throughout his career, and so forth. So um, you know you got to pick, uh, you got to get uh, some help. You got to get it wherever you can find it. I do know this. I was talking to um, Arthur Smith one Friday, and he's like, uh, it was after the Titans played uh, on Thursday night, and he's like, look, last year we couldn't stop anybody, but they went out and got you know some free agents to help uh, Simmons up front. And then uh, Landry's in his uh, contract year. So, you know, all of a sudden, Tennessee's got this, um, you know, stout defensive front. So, you know, Kevin Bear and them are fine in the back, and the linebackers were already pretty good. But um, if you can win up front and not get pushed around, then, you know, your playmakers can get to the ball and make some plays. And that's what the Falcons are going to have to find them some help up front. And we got this one from Jimmy. Is uh, moving Caleb McGarry to guard an option? I don't think so because he's too big. I don't think he 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 couldn't play in that phone booth inside, um, and I, I just haven't seen the uh, the uh, road grading that people said he could do. I haven't seen him push anybody around. Uh, you know, he should be big enough to catch people, but then he might not be good on stunts. I don't know. They gotta try something. Uh, he's got four years to be his fourth year. He's played in forty four games. Uh, started 44 coming into today, so that's 45 out of 46. So he's durable, but he's not doing anything for you. So I don't know um, what the alternative is, but you might as well move him to guard because he can't do tackles. And the last one that we got from Larry Banuck, I don't think it's a question. I think Larry just needed to vent. Uh, but we're happy to hear you vent, too. Uh, he says, the Falcons have so many holes to fill. You can choose any area. Glad some second-tier guys are getting an opportunity the most glaring are on the offensive line. McGarry and Mayfield are flat-out awful. Even on the rare chance that they engage in a block, they can't hold it. Terrible drafting is first and third-round choices. They're just awful and keep starting. I don't get it. Yeah, no question about it. Um, I, I, I think Mayfield's got a chance uh, to maybe turn into a player. But, yeah, I would see him running down the field sometime looking for somebody to block when he's running right past somebody. I'm like, okay, uh, I, I didn't, I don't know, I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I was like, that can't possibly be the scheme. 
you know, that, that <laughs> no. he's just running by a guy and, and so forth. I, I know they don't teach that at Michigan. I know Coach Harbaugh doesn't teach that. So, But the kid only played 15 games at Michigan. Then he plays 16 here. So, um, you know, he's one of the top uh, talents in the draft, but his personality rubbed so many people the wrong way he went to the third round. So he's supposed to be a first-round talent and a young player. So he's got 1,000 snaps under his belt, and, and so he's got a chance to, to you know, figure out what, what this whole thing's about, whereas McGarry's played 40-plus game, 40 games and um, it hasn't got much better from the beginning to the game one and game 44 look the same. So uh, maybe Mayfield can make it, and they need somebody to come through for him to turn into a football player. All right, well, that, uh, that empties the mailbag. Uh, keep them coming as we head into the offseason. We'll take your questions all offseason. All right, no question about it, uh, Jay. Thanks for handling the mailbag segment for us. Uh, just as we get into um, the offseason, we're going to lay a couple. Uh, you know, we usually go once a week on Wednesday during the offseason. Uh, this week we'll start with uh, – we'll have uh, uh, some, some availability with uh, Coach – uh, Coach Smith and and uh, the general manager. We'll hear from Coach Terry or GM Terry Fontenot this week on uh, you know what direction these these the Falcons are headed in. It's pretty clear they're keeping Matt Ryan. So um, and I told y'all that back in the London game. He said, "Hey, we're gonna build a team around the quarterback and then get the the transition quarterback later." And do it like Kansas City did. They were doing the Kansas City model. So Matt's not going anywhere. And, and so it's not really news that, you know, it's coming out that he's not going anywhere. Because they're going to build these other uh, areas of the team out and, um, you know, hopefully build it into a playoff team and a contender. And then when you get to the transition quarterback in 23-24, uh, you're ready to go. They didn't play Patrick Mahomes when he got to Kansas City. He sat there and learned, figured out what was going on, and then they traded Alex Smith. And uh, and then he took over, and he was already had it, and they went started going to Super Bowl. So that's what the, they're trying to do here. They got a hit in the draft. Um, they played a lot of uh, rookies on the defensive side of the ball this year. And uh, now they got to come back and get better. Hopefully, that that year growth from that growth from year one to year two is is real, and uh, that'll be a start. So we'll um, we'll have to have uh, see how they do, and then they have to do another good draft. Uh, don't expect them to get involved in free agency in a meaningful way to 2023, till some of the cap clears and the cap goes back up from pre-COVID uh, era. So, you know, we're going to, you know, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a rebuild and reboot. And, um, you know, we're going to have to just kind of be, uh, watch them and see how they get better and grow as they move forward. They went from four to seven. So next year, I got to go from seven to 10. And, hey, maybe you're in the playoffs. If you go from seven to 10, 11 to 12, you know, hey, then you're hot. So um, that's the, that's the way they're going. But uh, we will have a coach this week, coach and the GM. Then we'll have a little quiet period. The um, senior bowl's coming up at the end of uh, – I have my, I got my dates. My dates are in the, that story on the 10 storylines. And then the uh, combine, we'll go to that. That's in um, 
Uh, the the uh, Senior Bowl is February 5th, so that's the week before the Super Bowl. February 5th, and um, we'll be down there that week in Mobile. That's the plan. You know, COVID has a way of changing plans, but that's the plan right now. And then the Combine will be at that uh, in Indy, March the 1st through the 7th. And, uh, you know, those, those will be the big kind of hitters here. We'll uh, figure out when the owners' meeting is and, and um, you know, let y'all know about that. But right now, you kind of kick back, and we're going to do some year-end stories here, uh, do some analysis on the position-by-position position breakdowns. And, you know, uh, those will be easy this year. They need help everywhere. Uh, Kyle Pitts looks like a keeper. Take that with you. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, got to split some hairs to find, uh, you know, A.J. Terrell's a keeper over there, maybe Jalen Hawkins. Uh, uh, so, you know, we got some issues to address and deal with. And it's going to be interesting to hear from General Manager Terry Fontenot on Tuesday and get his take on some of the things and how it happened and how they plan to move forward. So, Look forward to, um, you know, keeping you all abreast during the offseason on the Atlanta Falcons on the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We'll be back at Wednesdays, Wednesday mornings for you uh, throughout the offseason. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care and have a great rest of your week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.